this is our first podcast in like a year and you may be wondering why. Um, well, we already covered that in a podcast that we recorded a couple months ago and then never posted. Um, but let's just say we were silenced by the Clinton family. Um, we dealt with that and we will not be talking about it anymore. Theme song. Shouts out to the Motion Pixel Podcast. Yeah, I do know Lil B. I think I know the bass guy as well. Shout out Matthew Meyer and Andrew Rawlins. Shout out to Uncle Danny. He's also a member of this podcast. Let's get it. Shout out everybody playing baseball. Right. Well, let's get to these. Uh, let's get to these movies. Um, sure. Yeah. I know. Yeah, because we're gonna do a whole bunch of horror stuff since tis Halloween. the season. Tis yeah. the season. I know. I know. Gus is doing the thirty days. Are Are you doing that too, Dane? Are you watching? Yeah, that? yeah. Gus okay. stole that idea from me. Actually, no, no. <laughs> he no. did it last year. Yeah. No, no, he, no, no. I invented that. No, this is a this kind of a stolen valor moment. No, let's, no, no. Let's, let's just say valor. you're kind of like, like, like in this situation, you're kind of like a fat guy saying he's in the Marines at a strip mall. And in this situation, <laughs> I'm kind of like a real special ops soldier who's seen some shit, who's slapping the shit out of you. Yeah, well, who's going to get the movie deal? Me. Because I'm more, uh, I'm more approachable. See, you're slapping people, but I'm here with the same story. <laughs> but... I can be, uh, you know, I can show up for interviews and do questions and stuff. Yeah, Paul Blart, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know Paul Blart is technically a, a, a Halloween movie? I thought you were going to say horror movie. Because Kevin, <laughs> Kevin James is wearing a Halloween costume because he's wearing a fat suit. Oh, okay. I thought he was really that fat. Cool. I guess that no. counts then. No, Kevin, J- it's, Kevin James is only slightly less fat <laughs> okay. than the fat suit is. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, we're both doing the uh, one horror movie a day every day for the entire month of October. And um, I decided to choose movies that I've never seen before. No rewatches. Uh, and I also I'm watching them in the order in which they came out with only a few exceptions. And uh, uh, okay, so that's that the gimmick sense. I'm going through. Yeah, I was gonna say your list is like all these movies are old as fuck. Like so far, if, so far, but yeah. they're getting newer and newer. I'm already in the '90s, and I'm already and we're what is it the ninth? So you're uh, such a '90s kid. Yeah, <laughs> I wa- I made sure and watched a few of the classics, but I will only be talking about a few of them. I think because uh, you you said that you've you think you've seen a few. No, I've only seen I've only seen the Evil Dead. I would like oh, okay. I I would like to be sold on a few of them. Um, All right, but yeah, because I need I need to make a better list because I was going to do the thirty days of it and then I just I didn't. So uh, <laughs> it came upon <laughs> us too fast. I think yeah. no, I just I'm just I'm just bad at it. I I watched like a <laughs> a bunch of Attack on Titan, which I can't oh. <laughs> even stretch. It's kind of a horror. That's kind of a horror. It's horror just, elements. It kind of kind of but. I've only seen the first season, so I'm assuming that gets stretched that theme, yeah. but maybe not. Um, Dude, but it's anyway. insane. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go. Let you. How about we all pick one highlight to to start off? 
So, well, uh, you said that you wanted to be sold on Carrie, and both me and Gus have seen it. Right? Yeah, I love Carrie. And for the record, my my list and my list of horror movies that I'm watching in October, which is a concept I thought of before Dane, not Dane, before me. Um, yeah, I was joking. Yeah, that. Let's just say our lawyers got involved when we paused the podcast a minute ago. <laughs> um, but I'm just going. I, I am kind of. I guess in in the same way that like Dane stole that idea from me, I stole Dane's list this month from him and I'm just watching his list minus the ones that I've already seen plus some others that I wanted to watch. Yeah. Yep. So, so I, I, as we do more podcasts this month, we'll probably be talking pretty much exclusively about horror movies, but um, we'll start with Carrie, I guess. Um, how, when was the last time you've seen Carrie, Gus? Uh, I watched Carrie maybe two years ago. And before that, I, I think I saw it like flipping through channels on like TNT when I was yeah. like nine. Yeah. 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 It's definitely like, it's, which is weird to me. It doesn't seem like a TV movie watching it in its original format because it's kind of, uh, it's definitely a rated R movie. Especially the beginning, uh, you saw it on, you know, Blu-ray or something, and watched it on TV the last time you saw it. Yeah, I, I watched it on like uh, I think I I, I downloaded well, it. I mean, it's not really a spoiler because it's the first scene, but like the first scene is like a weirdly, like it's very strange. It's like the inside of a girl's locker room, and they're all naked and walking around. It's in slow motion, and the music is all like twinkly and like, look at these funny girls, aren't they so cute? And they're like teenagers. They're like in high school. And so right off the bat, I was like made uncomfortable, but then like it goes to Carrie and she's like washing herself in slow motion. And I think the movie's trying to say like, she's innocent, but it's like the 1976 version of innocent, which doesn't play very well to me. (laughs) The 1976 version of innocent is just her tits are like slightly smaller than everyone else. (laughs) It's very uncomfortable, but past, if you can get past that part, then the rest of the movie is actually quite interesting and, and it plays well, it holds up. And I'm assuming that if it ever plays on TV, they just completely cut out the beginning. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do not remember uh, being <laughs> privileged uh, or cursed with that scene when I was nine years old. <laughs> right, right. Um, um, so is it like a, what kind of horror is it? Like, I'd scary? say it's like, um, it's like <laughs> a coming of age horror. Like the entire movie is basically like an allegory for growing up, becoming a, growing from a young woman into a, an adult woman and, and Carrie, the character of Carrie is like, she's your typical, like shy teenage girl, like kind of nerdy book smart, like, but she's like heavily, heavily bullied by, uh, her classmates in the only the way that Stephen King can do, which by the way, this movie is based on a book by Stephen King. It was like the very first like big book that Stephen King ever made. And it was like, hugely successful movie. I'd say that Carrie is probably the big reason why Stephen King is like a household name now. Um, yeah, for sure. And the movie is oh, directed by Brian De Palma. Yes. This is also my first Brian De Palma movie, which he's a hugely oh, wow. famous director. And, uh, I had never watched any of his movies before. Um, but we, we can talk about Brian De Palma a little bit later, but Stephen King is the writer of this. And he said that he actually likes the movie more than the book. So, wow. um, I'd say that this is more of like a Stephen King writing project than anything. Um, so he, um, he very clearly has like a pretty limited range, especially when I watched 
li- later on in in the week, I watched um, Christine, which is also a Stephen King book, and uh, it's like basically the exact same thing, which is just like young girl gets bullied she finds out she has power and then she uses the power to overcome all of these like obstacles in her life and then she takes it too far basically um and i, I don't think there's a soul alive who doesn't know the ending to carry <laughs> uh matt oh, yeah, i'm sure dude. you know the ending to carry is I, like, I don't actually i don't know if i've ever heard of it are like, you i think ser- i, wait, I are think i've heard or? of it but i don't <laughs> think i've like heard of what? the whole plot you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, okay. So it's it's like a pretty cut and dry plot. I think the ending is what makes the movie so iconic. So I yeah. don't know if I want to spoil it for you. If you actually were one of the few people who don't know the ending to it, there's a and there's a big scene in the middle that's very like iconic too. Um, the bucket scene. The what? This, let's just say someone tips the bucket. That's not in the middle. That's the end. That's that. That's not the end. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'd trust say it's, on this. <laughs> it's in the third. It's in the third act. My my recollection of Carrie is that like the first and second act of the movie are like kind of short, and the third act of the movie it after, does feel that way. After the bucket, the t- the not titular. After but the bucket the, tips. After the bucket tips, that, yeah, it just kind of like. That's when the movie this. starts. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's that. Yeah, yeah. What I like about Carrie is the cool pacing of it, where like it almost turns into a different movie. Like it starts out this movie with this girl getting bullied, and her mom is like the super strict, like Catholic or something, who's like really repressive of mm-hmm. her daughter. And then uh, let's okay. I mean, this is not really a. I think we should just say what I think we should describe the bucket because this movie came out in like 1971 or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but now it's on my list. Okay, Matt, close don't your ears. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. No, no, no. You don't have to talk. Okay, about okay, that. okay. But we, after the smart. after after the bucket uh, tips, uh, it turns into this like really fucking crazy, uh, like horror. It, 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 that's right, when that, kind of the horror shit happen. Like starts. Yeah, happening. that's where the horror movie starts. But I think you might have this idea that that is the, at the halfway point because that's yeah. when the movie actually starts to become the movie that it's advertised as. But honestly, that happens like a good 75 minutes into the movie. And then the really? movie and that from the point where the bucket tips to the, the ending is like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, for it's real? Like, Damn. it's not really that much of the movie, which is honestly my major complaint about it is that it's very backloaded. Like the, the movie feels like we're just kind of like sitting through some lukewarm padding just so that we can get to the climax of the movie, which is like where the movie actually like becomes iconic. But well, yeah, when, until when you we said, get there, it's kind of like comically weird and like kind of stupid in a lot of parts, especially all the scenes with the mom. In my opinion, I think the mom is like the worst character in it because she's just so ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> uh, the, it's like the binding of Isaac live action. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's like, every stereotype of like a really like Christian, like you're a sinner and you need to repent. And she's like, that's her entire character. And she doesn't have any subtlety to it. And the actress who's playing her, like is clearly like just taking the piss out of the entire role. So like, uh, I think I read an inner or or in like not interviews, but like in the IMDb trivia or something, it said something like, uh, the actress thought that the movie was a comedy. So she, she played it that way. And you can tell, awesome. 
So when I was watching, I was like, what is this? This movie is like really like almost tragically sad in a lot of parts. But then when she comes into the picture, I feel like it's supposed to make you feel bad. But she just comes off as an idiot. Like it's just like this cartoon villain. And it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. But the ending, the the third act is like where the movie becomes Carrie. And then, uh, you know, you watch it for that. And and uh, there were a few filmmaking techniques that made me nauseous and and upset but brian de palma seems like a competent enough guy there's a cool ass tracking shot dolly shot where the cameras are walking through the town is it worth watching it i don't it sounds like you kind of didn't like it okay because i I think it's worth watching i i think that um honestly the performance by sissy spacek who plays carrie is like the majority of the reason why i like the movie a lot and John Travolta is kind of the bad guy. He is, but he doesn't really... He, he, all of the scenes that he was in felt like that padding that I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very <laughs> low-stakes bad guy compared to what happens at the end of Carrie. There are a lot of scenes where we where we see the evil bullies like go home and like it's supposed to be character development, but at the end of the movie, movie like are we supposed to feel bad for the bullies? I don't know. It's just, just strange. It, it's... um. I don't know what the movie is trying to say about everybody else besides Carrie. It seems like they're all like a bunch of cartoons, but Carrie is the only person who has like uh, a character. It might uh, be a so case that's of weird. like, like you said, like Sissy Spacek, like fucking kills it as Carrie. It might be a case of yeah. just like she carries uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's li- that's literally the titular. That's why they <laughs> Stephen King. I heard in an interview was like. Yeah, she killed that role. She really carries it. And then the producer was like, write that down, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> like they didn't know what to call the movie <laughs> based on the book called Carrie. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe it's just a case so, of her being like way better of an actress than anyone else in the movie. Probably. So like if it's 75 minutes until it's a horror movie, what what is it? Like a drama. That? Just a drama? Okay. It's a it's like a, a supernatural there's like a supernatural element. You see her kind of experimenting with her powers because she like Carrie uh from the offset, you, you kind of get this idea that she has telekinetic powers. And so she's kind of like not sure what to do with it, but she also doesn't want to disappoint her mom. She loves her mom, and her mom is like, It's you know, stop using those powers. The the fucking devil is trying to control you through them and stuff. So she has this dilemma. But obviously she's like tired of getting fucking bullied by everybody in her life. And she realizes that she can use it to defend herself. And there's a turning point where she decides to actually like try and become a normal person and, and go to prom and have a nice time with a boy. And, uh, but it all goes bad. It all goes wrong. And that's where the horror movie starts. And up until that point, it actually is an interesting movie that I do like. And I like both versions of the movie, but they both have their issues. For me, but it's There's still worth watching. No, no, I like both versions of the oh, movie because like there's abs. a turning point where it's just like it's like basically like Adult Matilda, yeah, for a yeah, good, yeah, good portion it, of it. Yeah, and it then goes from Adult Matilda to Adult <laughs> Matilda, like adult, like adult Happy Meal Matilda to like Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she becomes a villain, basically, which I think is cool. I like. I, I, some of my favorite character arcs are the rise and fall right and this is a prime example of that and i think it's very good and entertaining and sissy space it kills it and um brian de palma 
I'm not a huge fan of the split diopter effect. I think it looks like shit. Uh, and he uses it a lot. It's basically like where, you know, whenever you have a foreground and, and um, the background, oh, I like, know what you're there's about. a character in focus in the front and then the background's like blurred out. But it, in order to make it so that the background is not blurred out, you actually have to use a lens that has um, two different focal points. So you can very clearly tell when they're using that split diopter lens when um, the background surrounding a character who's on the, like, say, the right side of a frame is blurry around their edge. And then there's a, a very clear split line where the frame changes its uh, focal point and then the background is also in focus. And they use that to, like, if there's two characters talking that are far away from each other, then you use that lens to, like, see both of them instead of um, adjusting the focus in camera while each of them switch like dialogue around. Um, it's just, they're both in focus, but it just looks bad. I don't know <laughs> how else to describe it. I might just send you a picture of it. That sounds like something that like, that sounds like a filmmaking problem that was solved, probably solved by like digital filmmaking. You know, that sounds like something you could like do, do a lot easier without like the blurred edges that give that effect away with yeah. a digital camera. So oh, that's weird. That's actually from Carrie. Okay. <laughs> the movie has so many instances of it, but it's, um, it's also used in modern films a lot. And I don't know why, <laughs> uh, because you'd think that they would have like come up with a, uh, a solution to it. When you uh, when you watch a modern movie, what's it? What's this? Effect, what's this effect called? Split diopter. It's just the name of the lens. Split diopter. When when you go to the movie theater and you watch a movie that has the split diopter effect, you should like get up and leave, and then talk to the manager of the cinema and be like, um, <laughs> "I'd like my money back. This is a split diopter movie, no, no. <laughs> and I was not told about that prior to purchasing my no, ticket." No, no, no. It's not that offensive. It just kind of like takes me out of the movie when I see it because it's just so obvious. It's like, oh, wow, why is the edge of that guy's hair blurry for no maybe reason? Just, maybe like Bigfoot, he's just a naturally blurry guy. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, that kind of... Carrie. Uh, yeah, Matt, you should watch Carrie. It's, it's quite good, especially yeah, if you like Stephen I, King. I just, I just got it. Sweet. Uh, yeah. The blurry blurriness, uh, blurry camera shots reminds me of a movie I watched um, called Army of the Dead. Have you guys seen that? Is that that's um, the Evil Dead Zach, one, right? Isn't that Zack Snyder's new thing? Yeah, that's Zack Snyder's Netflix movie that came out. That uh, like isn't that ago. where he uses like huge depth of field difference, where literally yeah. every single shot has like an insanely blurry background to the point where even <laughs> yeah. the edges of characters are blurry. Yeah. Like every shot in the movie is like, the, nice I don't try know you, Zach. Nice try. Yeah. You're not going to make it, it work. Yeah. It's funny because every shot in the movie has like a super blurry background that then goes in focus later in the shot. And like, uh, the movie is both like, I think it's written directed and he's and Zack Snyder yeah, yeah. is the director of cinematography mm -hmm. for army of the dead. Yeah. I think basically like he just got like the sickest deal ever at Netflix and they just let him right. make whatever he wanted. So he decided to make this zombie movie. Um, cool. I, Zach. Cool. Yeah, nice. Zach. See, it's, it's not, honestly, it's not a great movie, 
but I have a special place in my heart for Army of the Dead because A, I have always loved Zack Snyder movies. Like I love, uh, what's that movie called? Sucker Punch. I love Sucker Punch. I love Watchmen. Watchmen is one of my favorite movie, movies. I've seen it like a million times. Um, but I just think Zack Snyder's a You're cool really guy. really speaking to me on the Zack Snyder front. I think that Zack Snyder is extremely hit or miss, and those two movies do hit a lot for me. I think that he's like a cool director in that he has... Um, he has like this, uh, this want or ability to lean into a stylistic approach to a movie. Like 300 was hugely successful because he was like, let's try and make this movie stylistically cool. And it's not a great movie, but it is visually interesting. And Watchmen is the same way. It's like, it's like you're, it's like you're watching a graphic novel unfold. It's very cool. And then Sucker Punch is just this crazy, like action exploitation kind of homage and i and i like it for that reason so it's like he clearly has like artistic merit to him but there are a lot of movies that he's made that uh just don't hit for me at all like uh the justice league cut that he did sucks so much and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched that last year it was like i thought it was better than the the og justice league the joss whedon like half directed but uh, it was like so masturbatory. It was like three hours long of just like a <laughs> mid, very mid. Like, did we really need like a forty-five minute section about Martian Manhunter? See, I never you know I mean? saw the uh, the Joss Whedon cut, so I just went into it not having any reference point. So I, I just saw it as a shitty superhero movie that was trying so hard to be cool. And, and it was uh, like they made it like six hours long, right? Three hours. <laughs> made oh, it like okay. eight hours long. Wasn't Dude, it? it was like nine hours. I think it was like well, ten I, hours long. It was a three-part I, docu-series on <laughs> HBO. So what's the difference between it and the theatrical cut? I thought they added like a bunch of stuff to it. The theatrical cut? So when they filmed uh Justice League, Zack Snyder's daughter died during the filming of it. So he had to step away from directing and they brought Joss Whedon in who had directed the Avengers movie uh-huh. uh, to like finish directing it. And the movie just kind of like Joss Whedon is, I don't know. Uh, he's kind of like a campy. He kind of leans into like uh like teen camp, but that makes him, that makes some of the movies that he makes really successful. Like the Avengers, I think did a really good job of balancing like camp and badass superhero cabin stuff in the woods you know yeah well, yeah he mm-hmm. wrote cabin in the woods and like yeah. produced it and that's a great movie but like what ended up happening with justice league is that you kind of get this like gritty stylized movie that Zack snyder started to make but then it has all of these like really light touches that joss whedon added to it and it just feels kind of like uh uh what's it, like there's kind of like whiplash watching the movie it's just kind of a weird watch. whiplash tonal whiplash but then the 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 snyder cut hashtag snyder cut let's get that let's look that let's get that hashtag trending again guys if our listeners could tweet out hashtag release the the snyder cut let's get that trending again um or you could actually do hashtag uh thank you for releasing the snyder cut maybe and yeah we never thank actually zach. thanked anybody for that <laughs> so after you thank zach uh you can come back to listening to this but uh in the snyder cut it like is all the stylized, like almost 300 level of stylized, like superhero movie that is very like dark and gritty in tone that Zack Snyder's like kind of signature. Also, is, so. it's entirely in black and white. Yeah. And it's also, only like four by three, it's four by three. What? <laughs> yeah. It's so he, weird. He saw the lighthouse and was like, I'll do that to my superhero movie. 
And it's okay. so douchey. It's like before the <laughs> before the movie starts, there's like a title card that says like, for artistic reasons, Zack Snyder, <laughs> the director, has decided to release this movie in black and white and four by three. It's it does like... nothing for the movie, by the way. It does absolutely nothing for the movie. It actually kind of makes it worse because it just makes it darker and harder to see things. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think that it, it's so strange. Like Did Zack he say Snyder why? for artistic merit. In the beginning, listening. yeah, but like, well, <laughs> it's called art, like, Matt. I don't know. It, I couldn't watch Lighthouse because of that. So I yeah, mean, I wasn't I, planning on watching it, but now I guess I'll. I will never watch uh, the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's well, not. It's not. At least the Lighthouse had a purpose behind it that was that that made a little bit of sense because it takes place in a time period where that was like, you know, well before they even made movies. So you have to take that into account. But when it comes to like a superhero movie where a full frame is probably better, I don't understand the decision. Yeah, it is funny that you you spend like a bajillion dollars re-releasing this shitty movie from a few years before. And like Warner Brothers pays all this money to redo the the CGI and then Zack Snyder cuts off a third of each frame that they paid so much to animate (laughs) because it's art. Oh, yeah. I'm (laughs) sure that that was great. Zack Snyder's commitment to the bit is what makes me like him as a filmmaker. And I love army sure. of the dead because it is just like Zack Snyder's going to make a weird zombie movie. That's really blurry because Zack Snyder likes blurry camera shots for some reason. Yeah. I don't, for art, I don't understand for artistic reasons, but it highlights art, the amount of green screen that he uses. It, dude, it it's just, so, it's so digital. Like that, like, yeah, uh, you can totally tell. And there's actually a really good, uh, on Netflix, a really good documentary they released, kind of like a DVD extras kind of thing uh, about the making of Army of the Dead. And it's pretty cool how they like visualize, because most of the movie takes place like in this one area, like on the strip of Las Vegas, but it's all like blown out by zombies. Um, by blown out, the zombies blew out the back of Las Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, but um, that was kind of a like the kind of joke that you might expect in the adult Happy Meal at McDonald's. But um, oh. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. But it's a uh, yeah. So the movie is about uh, like right outside of uh, Las Vegas. There's a couple who got married, like in Vegas, and like. They're all like sleazy looking, driving in the shitty car outside of Las Vegas, one direction. And in the other direction is this military convoy transporting something in this big storage container. And while the newlywed guy is getting his dick sucked in his car, he like loses control of his car and crashes into the storage unit being transported by the military. And it turns out that inside that storage unit was like some like military test subject zombie thing um that like kills everyone all the military guys turns them into zombies and then he like walks over a hill and that hill exposes las vegas nevada and then (laughs) the movie starts so you remember in the beginning of watchmen how there's that really good uh montage that like describes the history of i've seen i've seen the first part of the movie i i didn't finish watching it because it was just I didn't care to finish it. Of Army of the Blur, Army of the Blur, yeah. So I am okay, familiar yeah, yeah. with how the movie opens, and and when it opened, I was like, oh, Watchmen. Yeah. So it does this, <laughs> but, it, but it, worse. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it does the Watchmen thing where it starts out with like a 
a montage, a, a montage set to like a cover of a song. Yeah. Um, he loves his covers. He loves his covers. The and entirety of fucking sucker punch is just covers, which is great. The, uh, the montage describes like the fall of Las Vegas. And there's some pretty cool like shots. There's like these, like, like it's like over like Las Vegas is like totally overrun by zombies. Like a, like a million fucking zombies in the streets. And the United States military is like just losing the battle against the zombies. So they send paratroopers in, but the paratroopers land just like in the middle of hordes of zombies. So like immediately upon like touching the ground, they're like devoured by zombies and you see everything. Um, mm-hmm. I think the montage is really cool, but the rest of the movie is okay. It's After derivative that, of something I've seen that was done better. So that's why I probably don't like it. <laughs> what, yeah. what was the thing that was done better? The opening to Watchmen is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a uh, one of my favorite parts intro. of the movie, even though the whole entire and the entire movie is great. Yeah. The, the, the intro, have you seen Watchmen, Matt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, I uh, don't remember it though. <laughs> the beginning, it, yeah, the beginning has like a credits montage of like the history of the previous Watchmen. And oh, okay. it's and it's played in in like Zack Snyder slow motion. Uh, all of these like images, they're like they're like three D pictures almost. It's very cool. Yeah. But um, when I saw that the whole time, I was just like, oh, this is just. <laughs> I've already seen this. Yeah, <laughs> you know a, what I mean? He did a Watchman. He's gonna have to sue himself for copyright infringement. Yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't really impressed by it. And and honestly, I just think it looks worse because of the huge amount of depth of field and in the focusing of his cameras. I I just can't get past it. It just looks horrible. That's why I couldn't yeah. finish it. I was just like this looks like shit. This looks yeah, like <laughs> I, I <laughs> it's just the not whole movie is I like. like that. Yeah, the yeah. entire movie <laughs> uses that. Um but I I am able to look past bullshit a lot of the times uh for the sake of a bit. And uh I finished i've seen army that a few times now actually i watched it it has a special place in my heart because it was the first movie i watched in theaters after uh covid lockdowns in in, Sh- in shafghanistan shirak shiran uh, <laughs> yeah. uh so i i like it for that reason i like dave batista in it i i i think he's like a really he's surprisingly a actor. good actor yeah i really liked him in blade runner he's in this new m night Shyamalan movie that looks good um, but I like I like how he's like a big kind of like a big teddy bear, uh, who's like yeah. he's, he's like a big beefy WWE star with the heart of gold kind of deal. Um, but if you like heist movies, I would recommend giving Army of the Dead another shot because there is some uh, some cool elements where it, it does kind of turn into Ocean's Eleven with zombies in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I feel That's like it's just it, it, it's. Maybe nostalgic to people who were a big fan of the zombie craze of the uh, early 2010s, but honestly, I'm I'm more than glad to be past that era. And so, anything that like revisits that, even for nostalgic's sake, is uh, just not my thing. Yeah, did Did you ever see Warm Bodies? No, fuck that. Movie. That was like the end of that fucking. Uh, wave you're talking about like all the zombie movies came out and then valentine's day one year yeah they made a zombie <laughs> romance movie yeah it's like all right you've killed it <laughs> i'm glad i'm now. glad there's like a tumblr girl who falls in love with the big with a soft cold penis of a zombie that's so fucking sweet so yeah. adorable <laughs> so it's so adorable it's like adorkable you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. it's like i'm kind of a dork but i'm also kind of adorable it's uh, a dwarfable. 
<laughs> yeah, because I'm kind of a dwarf, but I'm also yeah. kind of a dwarf. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but yeah, Army of, the, Army of the Dead, it turns into like a heist movie because after the first opening montage, that opening montage is like, you know, the fall of Las Vegas, but it also kind of shows like Dave Batista being this like badass special forces guy um, who's like taking out zombies, but then his like family gets killed or something. I kind of forget, but he, he, he <laughs> says he's the become, guy who's seen this movie multiple <laughs> times, doesn't even know the character's motivation. Yeah. That's how, uh, that's how well it, it's set wait, up. You've, you've watched it multiple times. Yeah. This is probably my fifth or sixth time watching army. Of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> when did this come out? <laughs> like two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is kind mm-hmm. of a, uh, yeah, I don't know why we're talking about this movie now when, I mean, you've seen it a bunch of times by now, I guess. So you're the expert on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually turned it on, uh, and my girlfriend was like, "Why do we have to watch this movie?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I like it. Uh, he, Dave Batista, like assembles a team of like specialists to go and fight fight their way into the zombie hordes in Las Vegas to like go and unlock a a uh, vault underneath a casino that has like $200 million in cash that's already been like paid for by the insurance company. So it's just like free money. And President Donald Trump... I don't understand Trump, that. President Donald Trump in the, in the movie, like Sean Spicer, the former speaker, like a, a press secretary for Donald Trump is in this movie. And he talks about how Donald Trump... Uh, decides to nuke Las Vegas to kill all the zombies. So, <laughs> so before Donald Trump nukes the zombies in Las Vegas, Dave Batista goes on this like heist, a zombie heist to get the money under one of the casinos. Um, and that's what the movie's about. That's so weird. Yeah. So it's this is only, movie. this has only affected Las Vegas. This is like quarantined to Las Vegas, this zombie outbreak. Yeah. They like, they they stacked a bunch of uh uh storage containers around Las Vegas to create like a perimeter and all the zombies are just like chilling inside and then when they get in mm. to the perimeter uh they find out that like some zombies are like stupid like zombie zombies yeah some of them are smart and they have like a and like a zombie army which is the yeah. titular name of the movie you know the titular army of the blur the titular army that's um, so fucking dumb. I'm sorry. I know you like the movie. It's just, it's just so like, I, I, I never made it that far, but I know about that from watching like people review it and stuff. It's just like, wow. And it's like, that's, uh, that's amazing. It's like Zack Snyder made this movie with the intention of it becoming like a cinematic universe because there's a, <laughs> Wait, there's a, what? that's how you sell things. So to the, Well, that's how things get made though. Like, I feel like that's how, I I hear that about every movie that gets made now because that's the only way to sell it to producers these days. It's like this Have could become a cinematic mo- universe. Wasn't there going to be like a Frankenstein and like Dracula? Yeah, yeah. The, the Dooku, dude. The the dark universe. Yeah, but then Warner universe. Brothers like went out of business or something. Okay, yeah, something. But Did they this even movie, make? There was like one movie, right? Yeah, they made the that bad uh, Tom Cruise mummy movie. Yeah. God. Uh, where Tom Cruise looks like way more short than usual. Um, but uh, Army of the Dead was like uh, supposed to be a cinematic universe. And there's actually on Netflix another movie in the Army of the Dead cinematic universe called Army of Thieves, I think. But it's what? not a zombie <laughs> movie. It's like a movie written and directed by the actor 
who in Army of the Dead plays like the safe cracker. He's like this like German guy who's like an expert in like cracking safes. And he's the guy who like uh-huh. needs to unlock the safe to get them the the money underneath the casino. And I have not seen Army of the the Dead Thieves, Army of Army of the Thieves. But um, yeah, Dead are the Army okay, yeah, the Army of Thieves, but uh it is like a prequel to Army of the Dead about like mm-hmm. some heist that this German guy did that like made him good at cracking safes or something. So there's that movie. And then in Army of the Dead, uh, like some, you know, there's like the zombies, there's like the smart zombies, and then there's like the slow zombies. But then sometimes when a zombie gets killed, its head like sparks and its eyes like go like have these like blue lights. And it's like implied, but never, ever, ever talked about that some zombies are robots. And in an interview, Zack Snyder was like, yeah, I was just thinking that like maybe we could do some like cool comic books that explain the backstory of why some zombies are actually robots. He's been spending too much time at Comic-Con listening to fucking yeah. nerds come up to him and pitch <laughs> ideas. Yeah, 100%. So like it is funny because it is it's kind of like a forgotten about cinematic universe similar to the Dooku that was just like kind of developed but never never caught on like literally i feel like i'm the only fan of army of the dead in I think the world you might be i thought it, i thought people forgot about that movie after it came out because i remember nope, when it came me. out everybody's like yeah Zack Snyder <laughs> made a new movie on netflix and it looks like shit and it's stupid <laughs> and that's all i ever heard about it yeah but sometimes when i hear when i hear the sentence Zack snyder made a new movie and it looks like shit and is stupid <laughs> that's when my ears break up <laughs> right right <laughs> I don't know. I I got burned pretty hard when uh, Man of Steel came out, and then um, he made another fucking shitty movie after that. Oh, Guardians um, of Kahul. <laughs> I actually I did see that in theaters, and I don't remember a single thing about it. I just remember it was just cartoon owls. I think it's it's it felt like a labor of love between him and his wife. So I'm not going to knock him too hard on it, but it's just a kids movie. Um, no, I think I saw Batman versus Superman, and it's just like, wow, he's just gone full, like he's he's just, he's just a produce. Uh, like there are some directors that are just like studio uh, puppets. I know that sounds like man society or whatever, but I, I there are certain directors who used to be good, but then they get these big paychecks from like Warner Brothers or Disney or whatever, and then they're just like, yeah, man, I'll do whatever you want. And so they just lose all artistic integrity and just make these shitty movies that have all of these different non-filmmakers hands in the, in the fucking pudding, if that's even a saying. And they just come out really bad. And, and like, I kind of have a, a lot of like, I don't have a whole lot of respect for directors that are willing to give up their, or their artistic integrity that way. That's why, um, uh, when, uh, who's that guy who made, uh, Shaun of the Dead and stuff. Alan Alda. No, Shaun <laughs> of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a that was a prank. You just got pranked. Uh, you're thinking of Simon Pegg and uh, yeah, no, no, the director. Uh, oh, uh, Nick Nolte. <laughs> Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, I love Shaun of the Dead. Um. No. Um. Oh shit! What is that guy's name? The guy who did uh, Last Night in Soho. Yeah. And uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Edgar Wright. Edgar, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. So Edgar yeah. Wright was brought on. I mean, all of these like cult classic or 
otherwise like famous directors are constantly being like sniped by Disney and other likewise companies to direct their big blockbuster franchise films because they know that at the end of the day, um, a name is good enough to bring in is enough to get put butts in seats. So if you can make the director, uh, you know, attach his name to it, then that's just more butts and seats. Um, Sam Raimi making the last, uh, Doctor Strange movie is is evidence of that. I don't know if you guys saw that one, but I heard that it is just nothing. It's not even a Sam Raimi movie. It's just yeah, a I heard fucking it's movie. Bad. That movie <laughs> is is proof that sometimes a director puts butts in seats, but sometimes those butts fart in those seats. <laughs> Good. That is very well said. But um, <laughs> very well said. So Edgar Wright was brought on. He was asked to direct the first Ant Man movie. Uh, and halfway through making that movie, uh, Disney fired him because he would not compromise on all their shitty decisions and like uh, suggestions. And I, heard, I, heard I respect him a lot him. more for it. <laughs> I heard that Disney fired him from Ant Man because Edgar Wright couldn't fi- <laughs> couldn't figure out how to make Paul Rudd that small. He, yeah, that he's like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to make him so small, but he's not. He only is a certain size. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'm trying to squish him down, but Paul Rudd was like. <laughs> Talking to the insurance company, <laughs> but like, um, for uh, I've I've lost a lot of respect for Ty- Taika Waititi for a lot of that reason. Like, he's just become a studio fucking uh, puppet. Oh, really? Yeah. That new Thor movie was very like uh, kind of <laughs> kind of a speaking of farts. It is kind of a fart in the wind. It's just like it's kind of fun to watch, but like even in like Marvel continuity, it doesn't really matter. Like, nothing really happens in that movie that seems very important in the grand scheme of things. And also right. in your life as a movie watcher. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that's kind of just been the playbook. The past couple Marvel movies is to like, just get a name, yeah. uh, make the movie and what's that guy, What's that guy's name? Uh, Kevin Feige, make the movie mm-hmm. Kevin Feige wants. That's going to drop the few plot points to drive forward the next big thing. Yeah. And then make an yeah. episode of the Marvel show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, there, there are a few people like that, and Zack Snyder became that a long time ago with DC, and and uh, so, yeah, not a huge fan of him these days, and I kind of, I'm glad that he is making something that he obviously likes with the Army of the Dead thing, but it's also just like, um, kind of cringe, I suppose. Kind of cringe. The, the well, decisions that he's made on that film in particular. So hopefully. Uh, you know, being a uh, a little a little producer slave for for ten years didn't rot his brain away or something. Well, if to our audience, if like me, your ears perk up when you hear that Zack Snyder made a movie that sucks and is dumb and bad, then check out Army of the Dead because it'll it'll scratch that itch. It's on Netflix. You. Only forty dollars yeah. a month now. No, <laughs> it's cheaper. <laughs> No, they raised it <laughs> because they all of a sudden realize, oh shit, we we're making a million movies. How are we supposed to pay for it? No, um, but you can talk for our audience. You can talk to your Netflix provider, talk to your Netflix agent, and say, "I just want to watch Army of the Dead," and promise them that you'll also watch Army of Thieves, and maybe they'll like <laughs> give you a discount. <laughs> did you know that there's only? Th- oh, sorry, I burped. Uh, did you know that there's only uh, three thousand five hundred movies on Netflix? Really? Wait, really? Yeah, isn't that kind of weird? 
It seems low. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's low. <laughs> Wait, how do you know that? You can look it up. Wait, Dane, did you I count them all? I counted them all. It took a long one, time. One, two. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I lost count. One, two. I think somebody told me that, and I was like, what? And I looked up, and it's true. And it's... um. And the reason why I know that is because I've gotten into collecting physical media lately. Oh yeah, dude. I own about 700 Blu-rays now. Bro, dude, watch just, out Netflix. So I'm sell, like, I, I'm, I give me a few more years and I might just have more movies than Netflix. That's so <laughs> sick, dude. Okay. I, I want to take a sidebar on that actually. Well, sure. Okay. So why, how do you store 700 <laughs> <laughs> movies? I have shelves. Okay. It's actually not too hard to store if you get a bookshelf and just put them on it. Um, okay. They do take up space, but it's like mostly vertical space. So it's like if you have a television, uh, you can most likely put two bookshelves on either side of the television and it'll take up, I don't know, like a foot and a half of space each. And it, I mean, I think that it looks really cool personally. I, I, um, I I blame my friend John from high school for having this like affinity for big like collections of physical media. But when I used to go over to his house after high school all the time, he had his parents had this big closet, like a walk-in closet, and every wall was like plastered, like wallpapered with DVDs. Just like it was basically like walking into your own blockbuster in your house. Whoa. And that, mm. and we would pick out a funny movie to watch and watch it. Like that's how I watched Falling Down. That's how I watched Escape from New York and L.A. That's how I watched all of these like movies that I probably wouldn't have seen. Is because I would go over to his house and we'd watch some classic '80s movie. Um, but yeah, I think that I've always kind of wanted to recreate that kind of vibe in my living room. And not to mention, I I just I like the idea of owning physical media these days because. Uh, streaming services, while they do provide a lot of like convenience, it's so like unpredictable whether you're going to be able to watch something or not because the rights to these things change hands every couple years. Um, with the Evil Dead, which I still want to talk about, I literally can't find that anywhere on streaming. I couldn't. It's just no. It's nowhere. You actually can't watch it. <laughs> it's unable to be watched. So I was at a. Uh, I was at a a curiosities store in Dallas a, a couple days ago and they were selling a tiny tiny like pin si- like pinprick sized fragment of a brick that was used in the house in the evil dead oh yeah nice that's that's you, a physical that's yeah that's a physical um prop from the movie so that's also valuable to have because it can bring back memories of watching it but you're unable to watch the Evil Dead, you're you're not able to watch it unless you own it. Isn't that kind of crazy? That is fucking crazy. Especially because, because that's a great-ass movie. And here's what I did. I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to buy it. So I went on Mercari, which is like a used... It's basically like eBay. And I found a guy who was selling the Evil Dead Blu-ray. And I was like, I want that. But before you send it to me, can you confirm that this is the original and not the remake? Because the remake looked very similar uh, on the blu-ray case mm-hmm. he's like oh it's the original sends it to me it's the remake <laughs> <laughs> so that's why i watched this out of order because i was expecting to be able to watch it a certain day and out of desperation i normally don't pirate things but i had to pirate the evil dead 
which I, I think is kind of funny and stupid because I don't know what's going on with the rights to the Evil Dead, but it's just not owned by anybody. Therefore, it's not uh, available on streaming. So that's like another big reason to own your favorite movies on, on physical media, even if you only have like 20 or 30 like of your favorites that you just want to guarantee that you're going to be able to pop in at any given point. Like that's not very hard to, you can fit that on one shelf of a bookshelf. I think that's gonna, pretty reasonable. I'm going to go buy 700 copies of army of the dead on Blu-ray. Uh, that's another thing that I'm, I'm absolutely hating about streaming is like Netflix has to decide to put that on physical media for you. Um, but it's very likely that they won't do that unless part of the rights to that movie is owned by a company that is willing to put it on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I feel like it's only their biggest stuff that gets on like the actual release, right? Yeah. Uh, I really like Stranger Things, for example, but it's produced by Netflix, and they only have released the first season on Blu-ray. Nothing. Wait, else. really? Yeah, none of the other seasons are available on Blu-ray. That's crazy. So and I don't think they'll ever will be, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, they're probably like, buy your sub, sucker. Yeah. Stop watching it whenever you want for no money. Dude, Stranger Things season four was so good. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. It, it, I think that I like it a little less than the first season. The first scene is like perfect, in my opinion. Yeah. And it only ever went downhill from there. But fourth season is pretty close. Yeah. Wait, before good. we before we get too far, I want to ask one more thing about your physical collection. Uh, sure. Do you do you rip the movies? Like, do you have digital backups of them, or no? Do no. you just pop them in when you? Wow. Okay. Um, I will probably rip them if I ever want to like edit a video about the movie. I have that option, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, you should do that. That'd be cool. I'd like to see you do a video about movies. It's in the plans, but I'm. I, I'm always so busy making videos for either for other people or videos that are just not about movies. Wait, um, can we segue? What what have you been up to uh, for your <laughs> uh, for your video video stuff? Because uh, the last Uncle Dane channel video was a few months ago, but I know you've been very busy with YouTube stuff in general. Yeah, I have three major projects that I've been working on or are going to be working on soon. The first one is one that I'm actually like 99% done with. I'm just like waiting on a few things to be finished by other people. And that is just a very, very long video about Battle Engineer and TF2. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. It's like an hour and 20 minutes long. Uh, it'll probably be out either next week or the week after that. Um, I'm pretty much done with that video. I'm like kind of uh, preparing to edit a video series that I've made with Ian and our friend Dax Flame. Um, oh, yeah. And that, I don't know how much I want to say about it, but it is probably one of my favorite projects that I've made in a long time, and I'm very excited to make it, edit it, and see how what people think about it. So that'll be fun. I'm going to be probably working on that for the next couple months. Are you going to make Dax wear the Superman suit? Yeah, yeah. We already filmed it, and we already made him wear the Superman suit, and he <laughs> cried and stuff, but it made it funnier. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> no, Dax is an amazing person and he's awesome to work with. And it was like, it was genuinely like one of the best, like two weeks uh, of my uh, video making life for, for that, uh, that I can even remember. So it was just a lot of fun. And I, I think that it's going to come across in the videos as well. 
so yeah, I'm going to be editing that. And then after that, I'm going to be editing uh, the documentary about the Creator Clash, which is iDub's uh, boxing tournament event oh, I can't thing wait that for he had. That. That's going to be great. Yeah, he's doing a second one, and I'm planning on working on that probably starting at the beginning of next year. And that'll be out like probably a month or two before his second Creator Clash event drops. So coincide with the hype of that. And then after that, I'll be in the clear. Although <laughs> me and Ian have another big project uh, lined up that is more um, like subtle, I suppose. It's like kind of like a thing that we can do on the side more than anything, but that's still something we have to like start start up and get going. So I think after he's done with his boxing thing, we're going to be kind of heads down trying to figure out like a way to work that into our daily schedules and stuff. So is that is that side thing with iDubs where you and you and Ian plot the assassination of Sam Hyde? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sam Hyde um is going to be assassinated by the FBI at some point, I think. <laughs> we don't we we don't really need to do anything about that. They've got that covered, I'm sure. Um but yeah, I mean, I've got my work cut out for me for a while, so I don't know if I'll ever really be able to sit down and like work on um like what I imagine uh like an Uncle Dane version of of like a uh, a movie review YouTube channel would be. Uh, but it is something I eventually want to do. So there you should, uh, you should start for the uncle Dane movie review channel. You should just like completely rip off uh, the report of the week and move to Florida and start wearing mm. ill fitting suits and review movies at, at your mom's house while eating <laughs> fast food. Well, I already do eat a disgusting amount of fast food, so I've already got that. Figured oh, did out. you get the, uh, did you pick up that, uh, uh, McDonald's adult happy meal? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. I actually haven't had McDonald's in a long time. Did you hear that the uh, the toys have uh, <laughs> big old wieners? No, lately I've been addicted to um, the Safeway Deli, of all things. Really? <laughs> Dude, the Safeway nice. Deli, that's where I learned what paninis were. That's where I was, I was educated <laughs> about Italian culture. That's awesome. No, the Safeway Deli has so, so many like cheap, good things. It's awesome. Dude, I'm a fan of a, the wide variety. <laughs> yeah. I've been on a, a Whole Foods uh, Thursday uh, 20% off sushi deal. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your stupid water. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Matt. Whoa. <laughs> tell, tell, tell them about your water. I've heard of smart water, but I've never heard no, of No, no, not water. smart water. <laughs> what, what water it's are you liquid talking? death, oh, oh. dude. Matt, that was a one-time thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta link this to you. He like, so I was just in Chicago <laughs> sp- not too long ago. Um, I spent $15 on uh, some water. It's, yeah. It it's, doesn't sound like it's just water though. Dude, look at this. It can. literally is. No, yeah, dude. It's liquid death. So it is, in a way it is, you're right. It is not just water. Um, oh, but wait, like, he, why does it look like a beer? Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he walked out of his apartment to grab me and I was like, damn, dude, you're just going to bring your beer out to the street. That's bold. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh no, dude, it's liquid death. <laughs> yeah, That's for the so record, weird. for the record, I went to Whole Foods to buy their already overpriced generic spring water, but they were out of it and the only bottled water they had was canned water called Liquid Death and it was $15 for a box of it and I did drink all of it and it was pretty good, but yes, it it's, is just water. 
funny. That's, the that's packaging is so strange. Yeah, it, it's like it's yeah, like it's kind of cool want... for people like me who love like kind of like cool shit, you know. So like it kind you're of you're trying to look like you're day drinking, but like you're not really day drinking too much of a pussy to actually day drink. Yeah, yeah but but the thing about me is I'm not a pussy, and I'm actually pretty like fucking like cool, and like I'm kind of like a metal guy. So like by by drinking liquid death, it just kind of like makes me feel like myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they sell an action figure. Really? Yeah. Hold on. I'm gonna. Is there a Funko? Is there too. a Funko Pop Liquid Death water bottle? <laughs> is there a U twos? <laughs> it's U2s. like a shirtless guy with a with an axe with Wait, a can does, for the head. When does the Uncle Dane U twos come out? Look at um, this. I'll never do that. That's Manchester. That sucks. Dude, there's literally a, he has a can for it a looks head. Looks like a guy in like a Halloween costume. Yeah, it's, he's got. I think he's. Are his nipples eyes? Yeah, I think they are. Is that what that is? <laughs> Hell yeah! Who among, us, who among us? is nipples aren't eyes? Among us, bonk bonk bonk. I think yeah. Anya Taylor Joy's mermaid character in the lighthouse with the big pussy <laughs> on her abdomen. I think she had eyes on her nipples. No, but her eyes are definitely far apart, like that. <laughs> yeah, this this action figure kind of looks like Anya Taylor Joy's face <laughs> on its chest. <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, Annie Taylor Joy, friend of the pod. We're sorry. You can cut back, right. cut that out uh, because we we will be having Anya Taylor Joy as a guest in a couple of weeks. All right, Matt. I talked about Carrie. Uh, Gus talked about uh, Zack Snyder's movie. <laughs> forget. I already forget the name. Army of the Dead. Um, can you pitch to me? Because this is a movie I've been meaning to check out. Uh, VHS. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, you picked the right guy. Um, right. So VHS. Uh, is shitty, uh, but it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's very it's very good. Uh, and if you like if you like found footage movies, it's it's great. Uh, like were you were you into those when like Paranormal Activity and like all that stuff was coming out? Uh, I think that the found footage, like the horror found footage uh, genre. Um, started and peaked and then died with Blair Witch Project personally. Uh, I don't, I, I don't really like any of the other things that have like tried to recreate that magic paranormal activity. The first one I think is interesting because it was like made with like $2 and it like turned out pretty decent, mm-hmm. but past that, uh, I can't really think of any other found footage movie that I really am a big fan of, but, oh, man. Uh, I okay. like the idea of it. I just think that it just hasn't really been done better than Blair Witch. So that's just okay. my, my take on it. Mm, okay. But VHS is a uh, found footage movie you're saying. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's an anthology movie. So it's about, I don't know, it usually runs about an hour and a half to two hours, but it will have like four or five, like short stories in it. Right. Like short movies. And like the way they're all connected is like, like Buster Scruggs. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But like, yeah, it's, they, it's a Scruggs like, <laughs> yeah, it's a Scruggs like, um, or in in a way, Scruggs is a VHS like, you know. Um, and they're both Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we got to talk about Violent Night. Actually, <laughs> that reminds me after this. Uh, but yeah, so VHS is just like there's an overarching story, if you can even call that. It's basically just a way to like contextualize why there's five different movies within this movie. So it's kind of unimportant, but what I, what I really like about it is it's found footage, but it's like a problem with a bunch of found footage movies is that 
the idea doesn't stretch well, you know, yeah. like you can't make it a whole movie. But what's cool about VHS, it's like, here's an idea. Here's a 20 minute thing. And it's, you know, that's it. That's all you get. Right. And it's, it's over and done within 20 minutes and then you can move on to the next thing. And so that there's not a whole lot of opportunity for like the concept to unravel. Yeah. Like, well, and you don't need to like, you don't need to stretch it out. Like you can just kind of focus on what makes that idea cool. Like a one yeah. that I think is in the first one. Uh, if you watch it is there's this, um, Banshee. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. There's a, you know what I'm talking about, Gus, where that guy brings Suc- home like succubus. Succubus. Yeah, there's like a succubus one. And it's like this dude like picks up a succubus at a bar, basically. And okay. like, you know, you can't make a I mean, I guess you could try to make a whole movie out of that, but it's like it can condenses it down to like what's really worth telling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, there's just a lot of like creative little ideas that you can that they tell. Uh and you can get through all of them uh, pretty quick. So, okay, yeah, I, I I dig it. There, a lot of them are like kind of. I would say usually, oh, like half of them are worth watching, and the others are like, eh. Okay. Um, so uh, like, so sorry, like you'll watch. I, huh? I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was thinking about that succubus one, which was really cool in VHS. And that short was actually directed by the guy who directed. Recently, X and Pearl, those two horror movies that have been in theaters. Yeah, a big reason why I wanted to watch VHS actually is because a lot of the directors of those segments have gone on to do other things that I'm interested in. For instance, David Bruckner is directing the new Hell- Hellraiser movie, or directed it. It's already out. <laughs> so, Dude, it's good shit. And Matt has been an evangelist for the VHS series. I think, he, I think you turned me on to the series, Matt. Yeah, dude, I love it. Yeah. One and two. Great. Those are worth watching. Three sucks. Don't even bother. Uh, <laughs> they revived it recently. Now they're doing like a nineties. <laughs> yeah. I, I see that there's one called VHS two VHS viral VHS 99 VHS 94. <laughs> uh, yeah. So viral is VHS three and that that's bad. Don't watch that. Um, but it's viral. And that appeals to my uh, online brain. I'm online, and I like yeah, viral too. vids. I guess that's maybe what they wanted. But <laughs> that's it's, what it screams it just, to It me. just gives you an actual sickness. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. It's just really bad. You get, you get COVID. <laughs> that's so yeah. stupid that they would call it VHS viral. Like, what VHS tape is going viral? That doesn't make any sense. If yeah. It's, if it's entirely online, then it doesn't belong in the VHS I don't know. Yeah, my, my computer doesn't train. even have a disk drive. You expect me to have a VHS drive in this computer? VHS into my computer. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the first two are really good. They brought it back recently. So 94 uh, came out a few years ago. I just watched that. That's pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually just downloaded 99. Okay. So really, I'm really hyped. Well, I'll... There's I, this, I, I will check out the first one and see if I like the concept of like little horror short films, uh, found footage horror short films specifically. There's some really cool ones. Like yeah. in VHS 2, one that always I, I'm always reminded of is there's like a found footage tape about this like an invisible serial killer in a forest. Like there's like these like teenagers like filming themselves in a forest, like having fun. 
and then there's like an invisible guy who like tracks them down and kills them and you can like see him like with like when like leaves fall from a tree or something you can like see the leaf kind of be like rustled by an invisible dude i don't remember that one yeah that one's cool i think that's in the second one shoot i gotta rewatch it my favorite from the second is there's a uh there's this like cult that's in indonesia and they this camera crew's coming in to like film them and it's like right before like the dawn of like their new era. Shit gets spoopy. Okay. Pretty good. Is a in I remember in VHS one and two, there was like a meta story where like in V in the like the movie starts and it's like a camera crew going into like a creepy house where they find like a corpse and the corpse is like surrounded by VHS tapes and they like pop the VHS tapes in and like start watching the anthology stuff that is the movie. But does that st- and that was I remember there kind of being a story between one and two. Is that do they? No, they do like a through line. Oh, okay. I, I mean, kind of. So like the the through line of ninety four is um, they're uh like it's like an FBI rating, or it's I don't know. I, I, it's some government agency rating this like place, and they have a news reporter with them that's recording, and they come in and they find all these dead people with all the VHS tape playing everywhere, but. That was like mostly like it. They put a little more into it than I guess they normally would, because normally the meta story is like super nothing. Um, And this one kind of is, too. Like, it's I don't know. They're kind of just like breaks, if anything, like you you finish watching it, it gives you a second to like breathe for like two minutes and then the next one starts. Interesting. So it's like a pacing thing. Well, I mean, that's how how I always looked at it, because it's like they're always like, especially in the first one, it's like they finish a tape and then they're like, oh, my God, that was so wild. Wait a second. Wait, put the where next the per- one in. <laughs> where where, that the, was, where that, the person is with when? That was so scary. I hope the next VHS tape isn't as scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> well. Yeah, Dan, uh, watch it. Let me. Are, are you going to watch that in your, is that in your list? No, like, I already have two. I have too many uh, already on my list, to be um, honest. But it is on my watch list now in general. And I don't I, I don't mind watching it outside of the month of October. <laughs> right. Well, when you do, let me know because I can go. I can go. I may trade that. it out for a different movie like Happy Death Day or some shitty movie that I'm probably not going to like anyway. So Happy Netflix, Death Day is like pretty good. But it's, that, that was one of the early like Netflix movies, right? I, what? I, Happy Death I, Day? I, watched, I watched it in theaters, but I think it might have been like produced by Netflix. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm sure. thinking something else. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't even know how I got these confused. I was thinking of uh, ABCs of Death. Oh, yeah, that was a Netflix thing. That was kind of a VHS style thing, right? Yeah, they had like, there's this cool point in like Netflix in like 2013 where they were just putting out all these like really like low budget, but like good uh, gimmick horror movies. Yeah, Netflix had some good kind of bad horror movies dude i was scrolling through netflix's horror section they have literally like the reason why i watched army of the dead is because that was the only good horror movie that i saw on netflix yeah they i, I was looking too earlier it's like there's nothing here um the uh like, the one like, thing are you talking about like uh netflix produced horror movies or no, are you just literally just about... like the horror tab on netflix yeah. is just full of absolute trash really yeah but they do have one thing coming out maybe later this month. I didn't see it when I was scrolling, so I don't think it's out yet. 
I think maybe it's on Hulu or something. I think it's on Netflix. It's a uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It's just like it's yeah, like yeah. a oh, yeah. anthology that looks type interesting. thing. It's cool, but like the scariest part of the movie is going to be Guillermo del Toro's body type. Like he's like <laughs> his his body is shaped like an aluminum can that, and he always wears like a. I think he's kind of like the. Uh, the liquid death action figure IRL, but rather than the liquid death cam being his head, that's his torso. And he wears like a, like a really nicely tailored suit to cover it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That'll be interesting. I can't wait yeah, for him to guy. appear like, uh, that guy who says, uh, who's like, uh, who, there was like an old TV show with a guy from star Trek where he's just like, was that fact or fiction? Oh, was that, yeah. that guy? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The guy. I never watched Star Trek, but I know what you're talking about. It's like there's like montages of that show on on uh, on YouTube where there's he's a like, very popular clip like, where he's just like that no, one's wrong. false. That yeah, one's false. wrong. <laughs> I did actually watch that show. Fiction. I just don't even remember what it was called. It was called like Fact or Fiction or something. Yeah, but something um, like that. I hope that Gumil. I never can pronounce his name. Gumiro del Toro. Uh, I hope that he comes out. Uh, like that guy at the end of each one says, wasn't that scary? Yeah. <laughs> I thought of that with my brain. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's body is shaped like the McDonald's. You're obsessed with this. Well, like, <laughs> the, the he's McDonald's, a fucking chunky man. He's His body type is shaped like the McDonald's adult Happy Meal toy of Gromit, yeah. but flipped upside down. Upside down a, in he's, his <laughs> he's definitely Gromit-esque. <laughs> right, yeah, Gromitian. <laughs> so Gromitian. I'm looking at the horror movies on Netflix. I am planning on watching It Follows and Incantation, which are both on Netflix. Oh, good. I think I, I think Incantation's on my list because it's on your list. But It Follows is really good. I hate I, it. Uh, I just watched Smile on in theaters, <laughs> and it, 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 it literally is like it just takes the the format of It Follows, where like the monster is just like a supernatural entity that like possesses other people. Right. They're just taking the form of like random people and they are just scaring you by standing there. Dude. Smile is so bad, but it's so high budget. Dude. It's so dumb. It's like the Uh, movie itself is really just fucking stupid as hell, but it's high budget enough where it has like four or five scenes of like big, like a kind of like set piece, scares that are like totally derivative of other horror movies. Like the scares are like things you've already seen. If you've seen like it or it chapter two or it follows or uh hereditary, but I could have like sworn that the concept was, I could have sworn that the concept was already um, like covered in a movie called truth or dare. I think it is a spinoff of that. I don't really know. I think it might be. I, I never saw Truth or Dare, but I think they're related somehow. But it, like, I remember the seeing the trailer for Truth or Dare and thinking, "Wow, that looks so dumb!" Because like people are just smiling, and that's supposed to be scary. The concept, and then they took that, and they're just like, "Yeah, let's just do that again." Yes. I guess the concept behind Smile is: Don't you think Joker smiles are scary? They shouldn't be smiling because. That's scary to smile without being provoked to, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, bitch, you should be sad. You should be a sad girl. Yeah, Usually you should, you should be scary smiling. people are have mean faces, but these people don't. Yeah, literally turn that, turn that smile upside down into a frown, which was, uh, you know, you know, typically people are like, turn that frown upside down. But in this case, 
It should be the opposite. It had Kumar in it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Kumar. Kumar is in it, and he plays a, like a psychiatrist, and yeah. he rips his face off, I believe, two times. It's two separate times oh, in the movie. Oh, oh. He just cool. like scrapes his own face off. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, you're going to go to White Castle with that face? See, whenever he smiles, that's because he went to White Castle. Yeah. And he got a funny burger. He's just really happy. <laughs> Dude, literally, I drove by White Castle today, and they have a uh, some sort of product called uh, the Cheesy Ten Sack. That's that such made, a bad name. <laughs> that, made, that made me. It made me titularly smile. Uh... Uh, I also think that I saw um, a Your Movie Sucks review of Smile, and so I saw a few scenes from it, and I think they're mostly just taken from the trailer anyway. But I really want... Like, you ever see that Hank uh, Hank Schrader meme where he's, like, smiling in one, and then he's, like, mad in the other? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one part where it was, like, it had... Here, I'll put it in the thing, where it's just, like... It goes from this guy's face to this. <laughs> um, it reminded me of that. That should be a meme, I think. That part was really stupid in the movie. Why? Why is it so, why is it stupid to smile randomly? Because I well, as someone who's not afraid of anything, when I see a joker smile, I I say, I'm not afraid of that. There's this like type of uh, it's a part of this brand of horror movie. Um that I can't put, I can't like put a name to it, but it's like, I guess like the best name for it would be like teenage girl popcorn movies. Yeah. Where they, it's just like 16 year old girls go to this PG 13 horror movie with their friends. They're like, Oh my God, this uh, let's, let's scream and hide and, and, and like put our hands behind in our head and, and eat popcorn and drink and like be yeah. loud and look at our phone most of the time. <laughs> And it is 100% like, targeted to them. <laughs> like uh, pretty much all of the movies that are produced by Blumhouse fall into that category, except for Get Out, weirdly enough. Um, and Get Out, so good. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was just like, oh, it's just another one of those like uh, kind of movies, I suppose. I was really excited. I thought it was going to be, I was hoping it was going to be good. I didn't. That's the well, thing. It's, I hope it's all not... movies are going to be good. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're not going to walk out disappointed, but you will if you were expecting it to be like an actual good that scared me. And I'm adding that to my list of favorite horror movies movie. It's not. It's like it's definitely just like a it's like the kind of movie that we would have gone to like we would have like snuck into in high school to watch. Like it's Mm -hmm. seems very much targeted at like young fucking idiots. Damn. Damn. What a shame. But was, there is some I cool monsters. Fucking, I was sneaking in to see There Will Be Blood in high school. What happened? I was I was uh I was sneaking in to see um W, the George W. Bush biopic. <laughs> but I forgot about school. that. Isn't You're that stuck a, into w? Isn't that an I, okay. Oliver Stone movie or something? I actually I, I, one time my dad just dropped me off at the movie theater and I walked and I, I just like he dropped me off there for the whole day. And I watched, I felt, I went, went to W, fell asleep in it, and then stayed in that same theater for the next showing and then actually watched it. Mm, nice. Yeah. 
Turns out he did 9-11. What shit? Dude. I can't believe it. Yeah, sorry, spoiler. <laughs> um, what else did we want to talk about? I oh, I would like to just have a meta con uh, conversation about uh, the Flaniverse, yeah. as it's known now. Do you know what that? the Flaniverse is, Dane? It's official. Mm-mm. What's that? So Netflix has been publishing a lot of movies by uh, Mike Flanagan over the past I, like decade now. Uh, and I've been an unknowing fan. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize until like oh. two years ago. I was like, oh, shit, dude. All these like good horror movies I liked on Netflix are by this Mike Flanagan guy. Um, so he did like um, there's this movie called Hush. That's a uh, it's a, a deaf woman who lives in the woods and there's this guy that's trying to kill her. It's pretty good. Uh, uh, that that was, came out probably like six years ago. But he's been I got I th- think he's just more notable for like all the series he's done. He did Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor, uh, like all the Netflix horror shows that they've been coming up with for the past couple of years. He did uh, uh, he did Midnight Mass, which is another series of yeah. his that I, I have not seen. But my little brother told me that in Hush, the book that the main character is writing yeah, is called Midnight Mass. Oh well, Mickey yeah. also told me that, so you How guys can you. you guys can kind of like figure that out off pod. Dude, okay? I'm a flan ahead, okay? I <laughs> I know flan my flannel lore. You're a flan nut. I'm a, I'm a big flan nut. Uh, but yeah, so this year there's another Flanagan show out on Netflix called uh, The Midnight Club, which so far, uh, okay, haven't seen enough, don't know yet. But the way they advertised it on Netflix is. The Flanniverse is back. (laughs) And I I had never heard anybody call the filmography of Mike Flanagan, the Flanniverse. Um, I thought that was very dumb and good. Yeah. It's a a new way of saying it. Welcome to the Flanniverse. They're all in the same. They all take place in the same universe because all the characters in each of the movies is scared. Wow. I never... That's the connection. Yeah. I never got that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dane, have you seen any of that? I know. No, I've has. never heard of any of the movies you named. What? What? Dude. Watch. Dude, you, one of them is on your list, Dane. Dr. Sleep. Oh, oh, okay. You didn't say that. You didn't say yeah, Dr. Sleep is a, that's another Flanahead movie. I want to watch that because I'm a big fan of the Shining and I want to see the sequel. Well, but if I you heard like... that it's not great, but I would still like to check it out. Well, if you like the directorial, I can't say that word. <laughs> you like the style of that movie, uh, then you the style you may of be what? A Flanahead, of Flanagan. If you oh, like how I might that, be a Flanahead. You might be a Flanahead, dude. Yeah, you might be cracking open a new Flan nut, Matt. Also, it stars the woman from um, Dune, which I thought she was like one of the standout performances in Dune. So I was Ooh, like, oh, what else has she done? Oh, she's who, done that. The Sandworm. Yeah, the sandworm. <laughs> Are you, um, so Zendaya? yeah, I guess Is I'll that? check it out. No, no, the mom. Oh, okay. She oh, plays. Yeah. She plays the titular Doctor Sleep. I'm pretty sure. Mm, oh wait, no. Cool. I, whoever the woman in the hat is. I think that is the Doctor Sleep. Is her name Doctor Sleep in the movie? I actually don't know. No, I think I, I've I've read a review of Doctor Sleep. I think her name is like. 
Maud. Her name is her name is like her Hat, name is like Hat Hattie. Hat, yeah, it's like Hat Hat Mama. Mm, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. Did you make this meme? Who made this meme? Oh. Who posted that? Was that Dane? <laughs> <laughs> the Mopo Mopo. Should we call it the Mopo Paw? <laughs> <laughs> potty. Oh my God. Mopo Mopo Potty. <laughs> Uh, for a pod, dude, okay, and when our listeners listen to our podcast, you know how like okay, this is okay, this is a, this is a big marketing moment. If our producers could get on the line, um, so most podcasts people listen to when they're driving, but if we're the Mopo Potty, we can be the first podcast that specifically targets people taking shits. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you're ever shitting, just take. If you're ever taking like an hour and a half long shit. Then make sure you pop on the Mopo Potty while you're on the, the Mopo Potty. We're a hemorrhoid-friendly podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mopo Potty. <laughs> this this should be the uh, this this meme you made. We should that should just be the image in the in the RSS feed. Yeah, I'm down. I'll, I'll <laughs> throw that in there. Well, I just wanted I, I just wanted to to contextualize the part where I was describing this guy's face and that should be a meme. You should just put that on screen whenever I say that. It already is a meme. There it is. It's a meme. Um, but anyway, all right. Yeah. I'll check out the Flaniverse movie, uh, Dr. Sleep pretty soon. And I'll let you know what I think about it. Yeah. And if you, so you should also look into haunting of Hill house. Cause that's genuinely a very good, uh, horror show that oh it's a like, tv show yeah so he's made a couple like that one got really big a couple years back when it came out it's probably like four or five years old now um but at pretty much every other year since they've been doing a new horror show like every year on netflix mm. and they've all mm. been kind of like midnight mass was like good but not super great and then bly manor was okay but haunting of hill house is like genuinely like or just a good, good show and a good horror show, which in my opinion had never really been done. Cause like, uh, it's kind of like everything I wanted. Uh, what's the shitty horror show. That's like good sometimes American um, horror story. Yeah. Like it was kind of just like everything I wanted American horror story to be. But the problem with like every season of American horror story is it goes on at least like two episodes too long Mm -hmm. and it just always has like pacing issues. Like the first season was probably the best paced one, but even that it was like, okay, Uh this is, this is going to be, this has got to be over. This is wrap this up. And then everyone after that always kind of felt like it went on too long too, or they just lost what they were doing, but had to write like four more episodes, you know? Um. Yeah. Haunting Hill house. Very good. Very, very good. Hell yeah. Well, I will I will give uh, the movie I'm already planning on watching by him a shot. And if I'm like, I really need to see more of this, yeah. then I'll uh, give it a shot. The show. You want to talk about Brain Dead? Yes, dude. Like maybe, perhaps, the goopiest movie I've ever seen. Definitely very goopy, very uh, gross out, Nickelodeon kind of slime kind of movie. Yeah, kind of, it's kind like, of funny. It's kind of like if if Nickelodeon slime is a Happy Meal, then Brain Dead slime is the adult Happy Meal. Yeah, it's very, 
very much like the adult Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, <laughs> especially in the last like 30 minutes. Yeah, um, I love that movie, dude. It was like so zany and like funny and like it was almost like I feel like it was like parodying uh, New Zealand culture in the 1950s. But I had no context for that. So for me, it was just like super <laughs> crazy. But like it starts very out New Zealandy. It starts out with a scene where like a, a member of the the police force for the zoo in like Wellington, New Zealand is like <laughs> is like out in like the boonies of New Zealand transporting a Sumatran rat monkey. And all of these uh I'm not sure what the term That's I know a brilliant that, name, by the way, for a made up animal. Yeah, Sumatran rat monkey, which is like later portrayed in the movie is this like really horrifying claymation creature that has no business (laughs) being in a zoo i honestly wasn't expecting it to be shown on screen at all because i thought like oh it's just a made-up animal so like it'll just be like off screen doing shit but then it's just like they show it immediately and it's just like like the scariest little it's like a little rat demon like stop motion (laughs) animation thing and it was really funny and then immediately it gets its head crushed <laughs> by some lady's heel. That's like the first disgusting. like gore. The movie is like turbo gory. And I think that's like the first gory scene where like the main yeah. character's mom like crushes the Sumatran rat monkey under her high heel. And it's like super goopy and gross. Okay. So what happened? I had an interesting experience watching this movie because I went to go and watch it. I wasn't able to get a Blu-ray of it. Um, so I just went to YouTube and typed it in to see if I could rent it on YouTube. Uh, it's actually on YouTube for free. You can just watch it and two, two different channels uploaded it, but only one of the channels uploaded the uncut version. And did you watch that? The cut, the, did you watch that one? Cause I did too. Yeah. Yeah. But at first I watched just the first one that came up, which was, um, like 10 minutes shorter because apparently um, they cut out a lot of the stuff that allowed YouTube to keep monetization on it. And I didn't realize that until that scene, because when she goes to crush the monkey, it like weirdly cut away. And I was like, I feel like the movie wouldn't do that. <laughs> I've, after all I've heard about brain dead, I'm like, if they're going to crush a monkey's head, then they're definitely going to show it. So I don't know why it, that happened. I scroll down to the comments and the person who uploaded it is like, oh, by the way, I had to cut out a few scenes because YouTube would have demonetized me otherwise. And I was like, oh, damn it. So, yeah, not seeing Shouldn't a monkey's they head get crushed. Him anyways? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, what I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But okay. I don't know. I don't know if that movie is just like not owned by anybody, which is why it's so easily put on YouTube and not taken down by like copyright bots. Um, but yeah, that was the first like instance of where i was like yeah this movie is cut up because there's no way that that peter jackson would have the he'd be like all right in this scene the monkey's head get crushed but we're not going to show it because that's too graphic (laughs) there's no way that peter jackson would ever do that so yeah immediately i knew something was wrong just from that which i think is funny and then after that i was like oh i'll go and see if there's a different version turns out there's an uncut version so if you're going to watch the movie you can watch it for free on youtube uh it's honestly worth watching just because it's like pretty funny. And um, I'd say that like my takeaway from it is 
kind of strange because I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the Lord of the Rings movies that Peter Jackson made. I've seen those movies probably more than any movie I've ever watched. Um, so I've like, I have like his filmmaking techniques burned into my retinas. So watching that movie was interesting because there's a lot of like camera moves and just the way he frames certain people's, um, uh, like faces is very reminiscent of like a few shots in Lord of the Rings series, which is very strange. Oh yeah. He does those like, <laughs> those like really fast zoom in shots into people's faces. That yeah. Make, where make it's almost like a, zany. Yeah, where it almost feels like he's using like a fisheye lens uh, occasionally. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very like Sam Raimi, but more zany and less. It is really like, goofy. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. goofy. Good word. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it definitely has the same kind of tonal, like uh, I don't know, whiplash that Evil Dead does. Oh, I thought you were going to say it had the same tone as Lord of the Rings. No, no, no. <laughs> like, wow, no. interesting. I watched Evil Dead earlier today also for the first time. So it was a good, it was a good like movie to watch right after another because you can tell that a lot of the movie is very much inspired by Evil Dead. Um, but you could tell that Peter Jackson's entire goal with that movie is to just make the bloodiest, goriest thing ever put on screen. And he did it. I've never seen a gorier movie than that. Yeah, There's I think it's so much is, blood <laughs> in the movie. It, it's it, actually it's, so ridiculous that it kind of it, it, you get so desensitized to it that it's just nothing by the end of the movie. You're just like, wow. There's literally gallons yeah, of blood coming out of this thing. Yeah, the lawnmower at the end. Yeah, I I knew that that was the iconic scene, so I was prepared for it. But like, it just it's just so much. It's I was so the whole funny. movie. The whole movie, I was waiting for someone to like the camera to zoom in on someone's face in that like Peter Jackson style, and for them to be like, "Right then, I'm feeling a bit brain dead, aren't I?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought the title was like a meta commentary on the movie itself because it just feels like so stupid that yeah. it's just like, yeah we're a bunch of brain dead idiots who laugh at like people getting their heads blended up in blenders and stuff. It's kind of like a, a guar if guar made a movie. There's a, actually a cameo by Peter Jackson in the movie. He shows really? up. Yeah. When, so right before they're going to do the funeral and, um, the, her, his, his mom is like, I don't know what happened, but she's like on the table and she just starts spewing a bunch of Nickelodeon green slime <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, and like the the people who do like the uh, what do you call like people who the like mortician? Yeah, the morticians. Like he plays the mortician, and he had really? like his, he yeah uh, he had his like sandwich on her right. Yeah, and I as he's like that. he's like he's like gathering up his sandwich, he takes a bite out of it, even though it's like got green goop on it. Um, but he <laughs> he's one of the only characters in the movie that like that sees what's happening and doesn't scream. He he's actually just giggling. And I'm like, oh, of course, Peter Jackson would give himself the role where he's like laughing at what's going on because, yeah, that's exactly his reaction to making all of these movies. I'm sure it's just he's laughing at how stupid it is. It's like that movie Braindead is and I I think Braindead in the U.S. is called Dead Alive. Mm -hmm. I think the the original title is Braindead. But that movie is just like it's so impressively... Uh, it just keeps going. Like there's, there's like 25 
There's like there's 20, so many gags. There's so many gags that any lesser movie could have just like the climax of the movie could have been like any one of the fucking like 25 insane, like special effects set pieces that is in this movie of just like crazy <laughs> fucking kills, crazy creatures, like a fucking, they put a, they put a baby in a blender like two or three different times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, yeah, I get that feeling too. Like that, that's why I'm saying like the whole goal with the movie was to just get to that point, which is why I, I'd say my biggest criticism of the movie is that like, it's very slow going and it feels like the majority of the, the reason to watch the movie is in the third act because after the party starts and like all those people are there and they all get infected. And then basically the movie turns into, all right, like throw zombies at the main characters and they have all of, they have like 25 different things to do to the zombie. <laughs> Like yeah. that's, that's like the entire reason for the movie existing. So I'd say that if you're, if you want to check out brain dead, it is on YouTube, but honestly just skip to like an hour in and then watch that. Cause that is like the whole reason to watch it in my opinion. Although there are a few scenes early on that are pretty like gross for the sake of being gross. Like there's a dinner scene where like the mom shoots pus into the guy's pudding and he eats it and stuff. It's fucking disgusting. But Dude, in the first scene of the movie <laughs> where the like zoological policeman is like transporting the Sumatran rat monkey, he's like, he's like bringing the rat monkey out of like the boonies and these like aboriginals like encircle him and are like, Hey, don't take our, our sacred Sumatran rat monkey or whatever. Yeah. And he just starts gunning them down. Like he like takes a machine gun. He's like, I'm a member of the, of the zoo police. He doesn't and actually he, gun them down. He just fires like warning shots into the, oh, into the air. Dude, when I watched, I literally it looked like he, was, he did actually gun them down though. <laughs> no, they just duck. They don't actually like, fall down dead. Shit. Yeah. I thought that would have been funnier though. If he was like, I'm from the zoo motherfucker and blows them away like Rambo. Yeah. Um, I, that opening, I was just like, uh, immediately I was like, Oh, he, you can tell he was already a fan of King Kong because this is just King Kong. Yeah, like the island yeah, that is. he takes the Sumatran monkey island. from is called Skull Island, and then the Aboriginals just literally look like all of the Aboriginals from the King Kong movie that he made. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is just him practicing for King Kong." Damn. Um, I also read a little bit of trivia that in King Kong, on the boat that they come back from Skull Island with, there's a there's a crate on the boat that is labeled Sumatran Rat Monkey. So, no way. That's so funny. Little throwback. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. It's a, its value is in its record breaking amount of blood. So, if you want to witness like film history, I suppose, then it's interesting for that reason. But as a movie, there's not really a whole lot to it. It's just like, you know, a bunch of fluff to get our characters into the situation where they can like chop off a bunch of zombies' heads and stuff. So there's that. If that's what you're into, check it out. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm yeah. do the skip an hour in thing. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> I want to dodge the the pus. That sounds gross. It is I would pretty watch, gross. I would watch Brain Dead in 4D with smell of vision. I actually do kind of want to get like a high quality like rip of it because it seems like the the versions that were uploaded to YouTube are ripped off of the VHS. It looks dude, really bad for 1992. It dude, looks like version, it, it looks really bad for 1992. The version I watched was like 
it was the uncut version from Germany, I guess. Okay. And like the movie, you'd be watching the movie and then sometimes a scene would start like the camera would like the, the movie would cut to like a new shot and that shot would have like, it would just look like unfinished. Like it was like almost had like a sepia tone filter over it. Like mm. for maybe like one fourth of the shots in the movie were like, they like didn't color correct them or something. And it, it, was, it didn't even seem like the I shots noticed that were too, like, actually. Okay. Yeah. Maybe so we this maybe that version. is just the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like ultra low budget. I think they spent all the budget on the goop. They spent all the budget on like 30 gallons of blood. On the adult slime. <laughs> adult, yeah. <laughs> the red Nickelodeon slime, basically. That should be the name of the episode, adult slime. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, check it out. If you're into the concept of like a guy getting chased around by someone's like internal organs, uh, <laughs> that's actually like a good portion of the last scene for some reason. Yeah. Um check it out i don't know it's funny it's goofy uh probably not for the week of stomach if you're not into like gore effects in movies then just don't even bother because that's literally the whole gimmick of the movie no other reason to watch it yeah it's kind of like what if the thing was funny what if <laughs> quentin tarantino and sam Raimi and uh the guy who made hostel i forget his name eli roth eli roth um, all got together and put their brain into a, a blender. <laughs> yeah, Eli and Roth. Quentin, it up. <laughs> Eli Roth, Quentin Tarantino, and Sam Raimi walk into a bar. Ow. Ow. And then their head <laughs> their head detaches immediately. <laughs> That's the one thing. And then this is consistent in a lot of zombie movies, and I'm pretty sure that brain dead is making fun of this trope but i like how when you become a zombie you suddenly become so strong that you're able to literally reach into people's bodies and take out their organs very easily as if they're just made of like (laughs) play-doh i've always noticed that is like possible for zombies to do even though they're the only thing that's different about a zombie is that they are just reanimated dead doesn't mean that they're able their their hands are able to like go inside of people for some reason there's they so do that many so often. shots. Yeah, dude, you can like, do it right now if you're hungry enough. Yeah, true. <laughs> if you're hungry yeah, enough, that. I would recommend that you go to McDonald's and ask them for an adult Happy Meal and say, I'm over 18. Or just uh, just ask for one at Safeway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, ask for, ask for one at Safeway. And uh, after you asked for it, the, 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 man, the man behind the deli counter turns around and says, theme song. Yo, baby dick!